I wouldn't be lying. <laughs> and uh, something I've been rehearsing for the last several days is this, that of all the stories that PD has told about me, I can neither confirm or deny <laughs> these stories. <laughs> but we had some awesome, awesome times there in Chipley. A lot of supernatural moves of the Spirit, and it was really school, school of ministry, right? I mean, God just, that's what he does. He just throws you into it, <laughs> and he brings people your way, and he connects you with people, and it's divine appointments, and it's not just coincidence. I say it's God incidents, and we need to pay attention to those God incidences everywhere you go. Because you are being equipped for the work of the ministry. Amen? And, and just, I say, be, enjoy Jesus. It's about relationship, isn't it? It's not, it's not so much about rules and regulations as religion has made it about. It's about a relationship. Amen? I mean, when God created man, he walked with man in the cool of the day, Right? And it's, it's, it's bringing us back to the simplicity that's in Christ. Enjoying God. And I say, pay attention. Pay attention in, in the marketplace, wherever you go, when you're pumping gas or you're at the uh, grocery store or whatever. Don't let the cares of life choke out what God wants to do in and through you. Because if you, if, if you haven't understood this by now, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Okay? God has put himself in you. Of his fullness, we have all received. Amen? And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we used to say, I mean, we assemble together, but you are the church. You are the church. This is a patient. Amen? Of a move of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, Holy Spirit, everyone say, help the preacher. <laughs> And, you know, I was watching Don jumping up and down. Of course, he's always jumping up and down, during, but he, he came out of the, the gate that way. I mean, when he got, uh, just to let you know, this didn't, it wasn't something that he, it grew on him. He just came out. When he, when he had a revelation of Jesus and he was born into the kingdom of God, he was walking and leaping and praising God and has been doing it ever since. Amen. And it wasn't real hard or real difficult for these guys to, you know, to get them to become a disciple. I mean, he picked, he just started watching us and following us. And I had a bag with books in it. He got him a bag with books in it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes. Even when I had a, a, a you know, a mat, you know, most mats say, welcome. Mine says, oh, no, not you again. <laughs> That's a good pastoral doorman. I can't help it. <laughs> Amen. How I many you know God has a sense of humor? I mean, just look at your neighbor and say, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> mm. So I did meet someone the other day that said, I thought you'd be a lot taller. And I thought, well, I'm 5'11". I guess I'm a little slow, <laughs> but uh, it's like, uh, it's awesome, it's awesome, and I, I do, I do humbly appreciate, uh, you know, many people have come up to, and it's very humbling, it really is, it's humbling, how I many you know it's hard for us to receive sometimes, it's hard for us to receive, it's, it's almost easier for us to give sometimes than receive. And when people come up to, to us and say, over and over, say, I thank you, it's hard. Thank you for sowing into Don and Lisa's life over and over again. That's very humbling. And to watch the fruit of, you know, and the Lord says, he spoke to me, he says, Rick, you know, we went through a lot of trials, a lot of tests, just like a lot of churches do, okay? But he says, your labor was not in vain in the Lord. 
And this is one of the first words I feel like the Lord wanted me to share with you at Firm Foundation. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Everyone say, my labor is not in vain in the Lord. <laughs> because how many of you know a lot of voices come your way? There's a, you know, the spirit of voice of condemnation the voice of discouragement, and that's what he does. He, the voice of accusation, condemnation, discouragement coming your way to try and fill your heart with uncertainty, with doubts, with fears, with, you know, a lot of these things to try and shut you down and keep you from moving forward in what Jesus has called you to do. But I want you to know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's from the Word of God. And how many of you know nothing will encourage you more than the Word of God? That's why we encourage people all the time, get into the Word, meditate in the Word, because the Word will build you up, lift you up, encourage you like nothing else will. When there's no other encouraging Word, get into the Word and let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speak through you through the word to you, and build you up. And that's really the prophetic voice of God under the new covenant, isn't it? It's to edify, encourage, and to bring comfort. It's not a voice of condemnation or discouragement. I always say, when you hear the voice of condemnation, just tell it to speak to the nail-scarred hand because you're not listening. Amen? Because my Bible says in Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's not so much about what I do as it is about who I am in now. Amen? If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Because one thing that voice will do, it'll point to what you're doing or not doing. Amen? But it will never point to who you're now in. Are you with me? You read one chapter a day, it says, you should have read two. If you prayed for a half an hour, it's, it, it'll say, you should have read, or you should have prayed two hours or an hour. It'll get you to compare yourself to what others are doing or not doing. None of this is in my notes, but it's for somebody today. That's a religious spirit. Amen? And you need to stand fast against that. Amen? And say, I am who I am, not because of what I do, but because of who I'm in. Not because of what I do, but because of what Christ did for me 2,000 years ago when he hung on a cross and said, it is finished. Amen? I mean, it is finished means it's finished. And so what do we do? We give thanks for what Jesus has already accomplished. And oftentimes when I speak like this, people... You say one thing, but people will hear another thing. Depends on where you're at in your religious mindset. Hello? Just like when I speak on grace, some people will hear, you're given a license to sin. You know, that's not what grace does. Grace doesn't give you a license to sin. It gives you freedom from the dominion of sin. Amen? True grace will transform you from the inside out. The grace of God will not lead you into legalism or lawlessness. It'll transform you. Amen? It'll transform you from glory to glory. It'll lead you into freedom, just like the song we said. It'll lead you into freedom and truth. 
So guess what? Now you're reading your Bible not because you have to, but because you want to. I don't know about you, but I'm addicted to the Word. I really am. I can't get enough of it. I love the Word. I don't come to church because I have to. I get to. I look forward to it. Amen? It's not like God's up there with a clipboard. Are you with me? You didn't go to church. You're going to pay for that one. Of course, God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, even the more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because we need each other. We need to encourage each other in the Lord because there's a lot of voices out there, in case you didn't notice, that are trying to bring condemnation and discouragement on you. We need to meet more. Probably than just Sunday, to be honest. Amen? And it's not just we... We, we, it's not a law. It's not like we have to. Again, it, how many know in the book of Acts, they met together every day. They were addicted to the fellowship of the Spirit and addicted to the fellowship that they had with one another. Amen? None of this is in my notes. Okay. Thank you, Lord. So these are some words the Lord, I felt like, gave me. You know, every time, I don't know about you, you we have some preachers, teachers in here, and everyone's different, but every time I sit down and, to study the Word recently, God gives me something new. It's not like I can, I can get this, you know, like with me, it's not working this way. It's not like, oh, I got this Thursday, I can relax the rest of the week, this is my sermon. I'll visit the Word Friday, he gives me something new. I'll visit the Word again Saturday, he gives me something new. Amen? I wake up this morning, he begins to give me a lot of more new things. How many of you know, how many of you like fresh bread? We're in a good place for Fresh bread around here, I'm telling you. I don't know how you guys stay so skinny. <laughs> this is awesome stuff around here. But I felt like the Lord said this. Many of you that, many of you that thought would never come to the Lord are coming this year. I'm talking to you, family members, people you've been praying for, friends, family members, acquaintances, many of you that thought in the natural, are they getting it? Will they ever come around? Many of you that never thought they, those people would come to the Lord, are coming to the Lord this year. I felt like the Lord says the prodigals are coming home. And when they come home... We don't need to meet them or approach them with shame and condemnation or a guilt trip. We need to meet them like the Father met them and just wrap our arms around them, amen, and love them and throw a party for them and say, thank God you were dead, but now you're alive. <laughs> Many of the prodigals are coming home. And many of the elder brothers, hello, are going to begin to wake up to the goodness of the Lord. I love that song. Both of those. I mean, you know, when you sing about the goodness of God, I, to me, it just, whew, I'm done. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Amen. It causes us to change our minds about who God is and what his intentions are for us. And you know, one definition of repentance is to change your mind. That's what it means. We've been thinking the wrong thoughts about God, who he is. And when we begin to experience the, the true nature of God, which is love, and you know, God is love and God is good 
all the time. It causes us to change our thinking about God and his plans for us. I want you to know today that God is not against you. God is for you. He's not against you. And God knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb and had a special plan just for you. And that plan really begins by you saying yes to Jesus. Amen? You guys are making it easy for me to preach in this place. Just like the elder brother, he was out working, sweating like a slave and didn't know he was a son. And everything the father had already belonged to him. He says, you never threw a party for me. You never, you never. And the father says, don't you know all that I have belongs to you? And how do you know? All that the father has belongs to us. It's amazing. And we don't have to work for it or sweat for it. We just have to receive what God has already provided through his son, Jesus. It's the Father's pleasure to give us the kingdom of God. It delights his heart when we say yes to Christ. When we receive, it says, the abundance of grace and the gift of right standing with him. The other thing that, and, and there's a clock, they turned it around. They said, I'm turning the clock around. And it reminded me in Chipley when I said, we had a clock on the wall, and I said, remember Lot's wife. <laughs> and then one time I took, I said, you want to see time fly? You see where Don gets his craziness from. I said, here it is. <laughs> like the Lord says, we're living in a time of not just revival, but awakening. And it's not going to be, in, we've had awakenings. It's not going to be like the awakenings of the past. Just telling you what I felt like I heard. It's not going to be an isolated awakening. It's going to be a global awakening. People are going to everywhere around the world are waking up to the finished work of the cross and their identity in Christ, to what's already been finished. They're waking up to the, the truth of the gospel, the good news, the grace of God. Amen? <clears throat> he said revivals... And we've had and revivals are great, but revivals are kind of like fireworks. They go up, they make a big bang. Everyone says, "Wow!" Then it's over, and there's a lot of smoke. <laughs> and we're looking for the next firework. <laughs> this next move that's coming, and we're on it, is is going to be a global awakening and it's going to be come out of maturity where the church is actually going to mature, be transformed. Amen? Come into maturity. And that really, maturity means, a lot of maturity means awakening to what has already been deposited in them by the Spirit of God. I mean, you know, today you're full of, you used to be full of it, whatever that was. <laughs> but now you're full of him, of his fullness you have. Everyone say, you have received. I preached this years ago. You can't get more of Jesus than you already have. You just need to know, amen, who's in you 
who you've been joined to, and what's in you needs to be released. Amen? And that release comes through renewing of the mind. Praise God. So we're going to stop trying to get what we already got. And we're going to start rejoicing and thanking God for what he has already done. When I think of his goodness and what he's done, it makes me want to dance, dance, dance all night. Y'all know that song? Oh, yeah. Everybody okay? See, I'm always conscious of time, but maybe I don't need to be. We're on eternal time. We don't have to beat the Baptists to the Yoders, do we? Oh, they're closed. <laughs> it used to be the chuck wagon. We used to try and beat the Baptists to the chuck wagon. So I feel like the Lord says there's an awakening in the body, <clears throat> and it's happening now. In Romans 13, 11, 12, it says, And do this, knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than what we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Amen? Let us put on the armor of light. And many have fallen asleep in the light. Oftentimes religion has rocked many to sleep. And that's why he says it's time to wake out of sleep. It's time to wake up. And know the times and the seasons. Why are we here? Why are we really here? Amen? As a born-again believer. Amen? We're U.S. citizens, but we're citizens of the kingdom of God. We have dual citizenship. My English, my, 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 my main language is English. I guess my secondary language is English. My primary language is tongues. Hello. I'm just sharing with some things that, how I many of you know that's, that's a gift that's very important? Praying in the Spirit. <laughs> it's your primary language. You might freak a few people out. You do it. You're still in this below-the-line world. And when you're at the checkout, you might want to speak in English, right? <laughs> Unless you give an interpretation. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Many have fallen asleep but are awakening to their true identity in Christ. They're awakening to the finished work of Jesus. They're awakening to their identity. They're awakening to a righteousness that is not a self-righteousness, but a righteousness that only comes through faith in Christ. Amen? How many of you know today that we're in right standing with God not because of what we do, but because of what Christ did 2,000 years ago. We're in rights. Don't make it all about you. See, that's religion. We're not right standing with God because of our perfect performance, but because of Christ's perfect obedience. Romans 5 says, it's because of one man's disobedience we all were made sinners. But it's through one man's obedience, Jesus, that we were all made righteous. And it's through faith in what Christ did, his obedience, 
bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Let that one sink in. Let's make it about Jesus again. Amen? Thank you, Lord. I, I knew I wouldn't get through all this. But I do want to read this because I feel like the Lord, this goes along with where we're at and uh, this awakening. And the Lord directed me to Acts 20, 7 through 12. You know, you remember the story of the young man that was sitting in the window and fell out the window? And his name was Eutychus. Why was his name Eutychus? Because Eutychus too, if you would have fell out a window. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> You're probably thinking, oh... Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Work on our religion, Lord. <laughs> okay. It says on Sunday, and this is, this is, and if you have a struggle with the Passion Translation, I'm sorry. I read a lot of translations, and I, I just want you to get the real gist of this thing, okay? On Sunday, the disciples gather to take communion and to hear Paul preach. Because he was planning to leave the next day, he continued speaking until past midnight. I said, hey, we got till midnight. <laughs> Many flickering lamps burnt, burned in the upstairs chamber where the disciples were meeting. Sitting in an open window listening was a young man named Eutychus. As Paul's sermon dragged on... <laughs> Everyone say, come on, preacher, come on, bring it. <laughs> Eutychus became drowsy and fell into a deep slumber. Sound asleep, he fell three stories to his death below. Paul went downstairs, bent over the boy, and I love this, and the Lord just really touched me when, when I saw this. It says he bent over the boy and embraced him, taking him in his arms he said to all the people gathered, stop your worrying. He's come back to life. Paul went back upstairs, served communion, ate a meal with them, then he picked up where he left off. Isn't that amazing? This was just like, oh, yeah, okay, he's dead. Let's raise him back up. This is all normal stuff. Let it become normal again in the church. Let healing become normal. Amen? Let casting out demons become normal. Let raising the dead become normal again. Amen? Because it's not just about words and speech and, and good sermons and sermonettes, but it's about demonstration of power and of the Holy Spirit. Would you agree with me? We need more demonstration of the power and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. But what I felt like that many that have, like Eutychus, that have fallen asleep, they've been gotten drowsy with religion. Like I said in the beginning, true Christianity, Holy Spirit-filled Christianity is far from boring. Amen? Unless you turn it into something that it's not. But it's full of life. But many like Eutychus have, have become drowsy and fallen asleep. And God is going to use us to help awakened, rise up, and awaken a lot of those Eutychus out there. Amen? And the way we're going to do it is not through shaming people and condemning people and beating people over the head, but just like Paul did, we're going to bend over, we're going to embrace them, we're going to love the hell right out of them. 
You've got the love of the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. Amen. You have the power of God in you. You have the power of God's love in you. And you have the ability to embrace people and wake them up and restore them back from where they have fallen. You know, there's a lot of folks out there. They quit. They didn't. They thought they were quitting on God, but they really just quit on religion. There's a lot of people out there waiting to be resurrected. I'm not just talking about people that have never known Christ. I'm talking about people that have known Christ. And this church, listen, is in a right man. You guys are in such an incredible position. And it's already happened. This, this church is full of people that have been awakened back into a new reality. Come out of the bondage of religion and come into true relationship with Jesus. Amen? It's amazing. It's amazing to see this, this, this church in such a small town. I think, this is amazing what's taking place here. And it's just the beginning. This place is still way too small for what's coming. I said that the first time I was here. In fact, anymore, when I look at a lot of places, even our, our church in Myrtle Beach, I said it's too small for what's coming. Thank you, Lord. I have to, I have to give this word, too, because I heard this. Praise is being taken to a new level. Oh, thank you, dear. Was that for that obvious, I guess? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about you guys, the praise band team. Praise is being taken to a new level. Less from the soul, more from the spirit. Spontaneous praise, which will cause spontaneous combustion. And I love it. You're already, you're already going there. I already see the spontaneity in this church. Yeah, I mean, no, this is unique. Keep moving in it. I look around. People are praying, moving out of their places and praying for each other. Giving prophetic words. We need to fan that flame. Keep it going. Let everything be done decent and in order. Amen? But this is what it's all about. Amen? And I thought about the woman at the well where Jesus said, where she was saying, well, where, do you, where, where should we worship? Should we worship this place or that place? And Jesus says, the time is coming indeed and is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way, for God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Worship is much more than good talent and vocal cords. Are you with me? I, I don't want to go too far in this, but... Amen. I've been in some places. I said, yeah, they're talented, but uh, there's no life there. There's no life there. It's more than just talent. But it's worshiping from the Spirit. Worshiping from, with, from the Spirit and with truth. And when you do that, I'm telling you, worship is going to set more people free than probably anything else. When we begin to just not up here, but we begin to do it down here, worship in spirit and in truth, bondages will be broken. Shackles will be broken. And the prisoners will be set free in Jesus' name. Remember Paul and Silas? They were thrown in the dungeon at midnight. And at the midnight hour, they begin to lift their voice and worship and praise God. And the Bible says all the prisoners that were around them were listening. I mean, you know, the world is listening to us. When we're squeezed, what comes out? 
Are you ever? <laughs> Especially when we're squeezed. But they are listening to us. And all of a sudden, it, there was a, a rumbling, an earthquake, and it says the prison doors, all the prison doors were open. And all their shackles were loosed. There was revival in that place. Amen? Praise is such a powerful weapon because praise is a declaration of what's already been accomplished at the cross 2,000 years ago. It enforces it. Amen? And it brings heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're so busy trying to get from earth to heaven, and God's heart is to bring heaven to earth. To see an increase of his kingdom. And your kingdom citizens. I'm telling you, we don't realize the power of God that God has placed in us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? We have to be careful get, to get cut. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And God wants us to, now to live out of who we are, not who we're not. That's it. You're a new creation in Christ. That's who you are. You're born of the Spirit. People say, well, I ask people, say, well, can you be unborn of the Spirit? I said, how many times were you born naturally? <laughs> people say, oh, is that a trick question? <laughs> and you can wake up one day and say, I wish I'd never been born. Guess what? It's too late. Thank you, Lord. But what I'm saying is, know who you are. Live out of who you are. We don't, we don't follow the works of the flesh. We don't smoke, chew, or hang around those. <laughs> the old saying, we're a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. We're not of the religious that, oh, we can't. We can't. Then you become a Pharisee. He said, go into the world. Amen? They can't contaminate you. You contaminate them. Amen? Jesus wasn't afraid to touch the leper. He says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He says, I'm willing. Be clean. <laughs> Amen? You go out there. That's your harvest field. You go out there and you contaminate people with, amen, Jesus in a good way. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And why don't, we, why don't we do those things that we used to do? Because it's not who you are. That's what Paul said, wasn't it? When he saw the, the Corinthian church and all kind of car, carnality and debauchery, he took them back to who they were. This is not who you are. Don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? He brought them back to their identity. Because knowing who you are and embracing who you are, right believing will lead to right living. I tell you what, when, when I got a hold of that, that, that really began to just, the things I used to struggle with, I don't struggle with no more. Those things just drop off of you. When you finally surrender and say, okay, God, this is who you created me to be. I'm not a religious being. I'm a new creation in Christ. I've been joined. Those that have become one spirit with the Lord, joined with the Lord, have become one spirit with him. You're not separate from, listen, everyone say help the preacher. I mean, you know, you're not separate from God. You're in union with him. What can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ? Nothing. How much closer to God can you get than being in him and him in you? This idea of separation, 
pushes us into a dead works mentality. To where we then we find ourselves trying to do things to get closer instead of realizing, don't you know you're already in union with God? How is that made possible? Through the cross. Y'all are thinking real hard or something. I'm almost done. I know I have a clock on my, hey, guess what? That didn't work. I don't like to wear out the saints of the Most High. I used to say, the message doesn't have to be eternal to be effective. Where'd you get that? Thank you, Lord. This last thought that I felt like the Lord wanted me to share. How many of you know that when Jesus was crucified, many of those that said, we'll never deny you, we'll never forsake you, all of a sudden they were fleeing for their lives. Are you with me? And they found themselves in a room behind a locked door. They locked the door. The disciples of Christ, the ones that were casting out devils, healings, they were in a room, locked the door because of fear of the Jews, reprisal of the Jews. And I started thinking about this. You know, when Jesus was there, man, he was stirring them up anyway. Are you with me? But they were like, well, Jesus, is, now that Jesus isn't there, well, those Pharisees, they're still mad at us. <laughs> and Jesus isn't here. So they go into a room and they lock the door for fear. And all of a sudden, guess who shows up? Jesus shows up in the room. Why didn't Jesus use the door? It was locked. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like the Lord showed me. And we say, well, Jesus just walked into the room. He was there. He walked through the walls. And there's no door that man can close that God can't open. Amen? And there's no door that man can open that God can't close. And I feel like the Lord was saying that this is a year. And what did Jesus say when he suddenly appeared? He said this. He didn't say, shame on you. You said you wouldn't leave me. You left me. You're full... No, he just simply spoke this, peace, peace. He showed him the nail prints in his hands and his feet, and again he said, peace. Jesus comes with the same message today, peace. Amen? He wants peace for our lives. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God wants you joyful. He wants you to be full of peace, and you are full of peace. That's a whole nother message. I mean, you know, you're full of faith. You used to be full of it. Now you're full of the Holy Spirit. You're full of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? It may be way down there. It's in your spirit. But you have the joy of the Lord. Jesus says, the peace, I, I, not that the world gives you, I'm giving you. You have my peace. I mean, you have the faith of the Son of God living in you. I don't have much. You have the faith of God in you. He's given to each one of us not a measure of faith, but the measure of faith. And now it says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. But it's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live, I live by the faith, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a whole nother message. But you farmers understand cultivation. What's in you just needs to be cultivated. You don't need more. It just needs to be cultivated. Amen? Cultivated. Just needs to grow up in you. That's, that's maturity. It's growing up in you and expressing it through. To me, that's exciting. I have the faith 
of God in me. I have the ability in me, the faith of God, to speak to a mountain and see, say, be removed, and it will be removed. Instead of me trying to get it, now I just cultivate it. Amen? Thank you, Lord. So I thought, I'm going to close with this. And don't believe it when a preacher says I'm closing. No. I really am closing. So Jesus walked through the wall, said, peace. And I feel like this is for some here today. And because of past hurts, past disappointments, past regrets, whatever, past incidences, that you, like those disciples, have erected walls to keep you, to protect you from what's out there. But those walls have actually become your tomb and has actually caused the resurrection power of Christ to be entombed within you. Are you with me? Past fears. Some of those walls are were erected by religion. Religion. Wrong belief systems. But this is the year when God's going to, you know, no wall can stop the Lord. These walls have caused many to, to be afraid to enter into relationships because of past hurts, because of past abuses. You say, well, I'm safe here. But it's actually kept, these walls have kept you from what God wants to send you into and what God has for you. And what Jesus said was peace. Peace. He's speaking peace to the situation right now. And those walls are coming down in Jesus' name. And Jesus says this, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He got him out of that room. That room was causing him to, be, to shut down and to be bound. But whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And there's some of you today that, again, you've erected these walls, but you say, this is the time for me. I want Jesus to walk through these walls that I put up. Walls of fear, walls of discouragement, walls of disappointment. And I want him to speak peace. I mean, you know, God's in the restoration business. He's not in the condemn. Jesus is not in the condemnation business. He is in the saving business and the restoration business. And I has not seen or ear heard what God has provided for those who love him. And you're here not by just accident, but God has a divine appointment for you today. Maybe you've never received Christ. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's a regular member or whatever. It doesn't matter. You might be a member for a long time and still have never given your life to Christ. I mean, you know, coming to a church doesn't make you a Christian no more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's about receiving. By grace, we're saved through faith. Faith receives what grace has already provided. So I just sense that maybe the Lord wants to open up this altar area up here. Amen. Can we stand up? Is that okay? PD, you have something? Okay. I always want to be sensitive. I know I'm, I want to take my liberties where I shouldn't. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Let's everyone in here just be praying. Thank you, Lord. Because God wants you to leave this place knowing him. 
and knowing his love for you and knowing the freedom that he has for you. Now, you know, when we came to the Lord, we didn't really give our life to God. We had no life to give. He gave his life to us. He just wants to give his life to you. Amen? I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Freedom. If there's someone here that you've never received Christ, and it's very simple, it's, it's, it's easier than what you think, to say yes. Whoever believes will be saved. Amen? Whoever believes in Christ. And I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to lift your hand right now. You say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus today. Is there anyone in here? Lord, give them the courage to lift their hand. Thank you, Lord. You say, why lift your hand? Because it's an act. Faith without works is dead. You, it's an action. You believe. You confess. There's an action behind. And everyone in here might know the Lord. I don't know. But I also want to open up this altar today. And again, if there's anything that you want to be set free from, you want God to do in your life, come forward right now in Jesus name thank you Lord I like that song can we sing that song goodness you know that that first goodness of God can I sing with you awesome praise God I love you, you Lord come on forward oh your mercy never fails me and all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment I wake from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God so my life you have been
Clap of praise. Come on. I'm just going to say this for a minute. There's times when God speaks to us, not through a lecture like a very um, one, two, three kind of matter, but God comes to speak to our hearts and lives, to drop Himself into our spirits. And when he has a room full of people like this, he's got many things to say. God wants to speak to you personally as well as us corporately, right? And today you need to realize that God has given you some prophetic things. Like prophetically, God has spoken in a way, right, to make his, his word to you personal. To establish his grace in your life like you've never understood it. And to bring peace to you in a way that you can receive it. Amen? And to fill you with who he is. And I want you to understand, like there's, uh, David said last week, there's like a spiritual bomb that happened. Today it's kind of like a prophetic bomb. It's like a prophetic hand grenade where when a hand grenade explodes, like many pieces of it just goes in every direction. I feel like God prophetically is doing that. Amen. And like our lives are being impacted by little bits and pieces of God. From the word that God gave Rick to share with us. And it's all prophetic, even from, even from this morning uh, when Rick said to us, right, like I can go back and tell them that many souls were at the altar. And it's a funny, but I want you to understand, I literally believe that's prophetic. I, I want you to understand, each pair of shoes has two souls. And I'm going to receive this from the Lord. You can call me crazy if you want to. But I feel like every pair of shoes we bring to this altar in the next three weeks is going to represent two souls that God's going to win to the kingdom. I believe that. I be, and I receive that as souls at the altar. Not just lost souls. Amen. But believers themselves laying themselves on the altar of God. Laying their souls on the altar of God and saying, God, I'm yours. You came to give me life. I didn't give my life to you. You gave your life to me. That's so good. I don't know if you caught that. Because many times I've said to you, you didn't wake up one day and find Jesus. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. He came looking for you. That's why the Bible calls him the hound of heaven. Amen. He came looking for you. You had an encounter with Jesus one day like I did under that tent. Amen. That's because God was looking for you and God was orchestrating your whole life to bring you to that point to encounter him. Just like today, some of you have had an encounter with the Lord today and you haven't responded. God was here to give you peace. You need to receive it. Amen. You need to receive it. You need to let your religious mindsets go away and just receive from the Lord. All that God has spoken to us. I was jotting down notes. And, and I'm like, that's a prophetic word. That's a prophetic word. That's a prophetic word. We're going to hear more about that in the weeks to come. Amen. But will you pray with me that that, that word of many souls on the altar over the next few weeks. And you might look this morning at all these shoes and say, wow, they don't need me. But what if like your act of faith represents two souls? That's what you can say. It's sowing into the kingdom. It's like those handkerchiefs in, in Acts, right? Like that Paul would touch them and pray them. They would send those handkerchiefs and that act of faith. It wasn't a handkerchief. Amen? It was that act of faith. Let me, let, me, let me say this to you. You know two souls. You know two souls who don't know Jesus. I know you do. But you bring a pair of shoes and say, Jesus, this represents them. Amen? Once you do that, watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. Simple obedience. Rick said it earlier this week. It's radical. It's an idea. And, and I jotted it down. And he said this sitting. I don't know where we were sitting at that point. Maybe. I, don't, I can't even remember. He said instant obedience eliminates second guessing. Just respond. Just re let God do what God's going to do. Amen. 
grab the person next to you. Come on, grab them and let's, let's pray. Father, we receive all that you have given us today. Lord, it's so much that our minds really can't contain all the information. I just pray you bring it all back. Thank you for Rick and Deanne coming this weekend. Thank you for their sacrifice to step away from their business oh, to come and give to us. Lord, I, I pray that you just stir it up inside of us, this awakening, God, this awakening that isn't like a, a, a spurt like a firecracker, God, but it's, it's awakening, God, that is sustaining and lasting, Lord. Lord, we, we don't want like revive Michigan or revive Indiana just for a little bit of time, God. We want you to revive the world, God. Awaken us to you, Jesus. Let your spirit come, God, and, and energize us, God so that you are full on the earth. Today, God, we give you praise for all that you have done and said, and we look forward to hear, feel, and see the results. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Yep.